You are listening to Your Blessed Life Podcast, episode number 22. Let the stories and teachings of today's top Christian leaders inspire and move you to releasing God's best for your life. With your host, best-selling author and certified Christian life coach, Jay Marsh. Welcome to Your Blessed Life. Welcome to the show. Hey there, my name is Jay Marsh. It's great to get to be here with you today, and I want to welcome you to Your Blessed Life. Well, let's get in right into today's episode. Here in episode 22, we're going to look at this one thing. Now, granted, this one thing has many parts, but this one thing, okay, you ready for this? You ready? Will make your marriage divorce proof. Boom. I know that's a bold claim. But it will. And I'm not done. I, have, I actually have something to add to that. This one thing will take a stale marriage and it will revive it. It'll take a broken marriage and it'll fix it. So I want you to stay tuned because this episode will indeed bless your marriage. So I want to start by giving you a little backstory. You know, as many of you know, I'm a certified Christian marriage and life coach as well as a minister. And being a minister gives me the opportunity to preside over weddings, which I love doing. I love presiding, officiating over these wedding ceremonies. And so a couple weeks ago, I was wrapping up a wedding ceremony for a a lovely couple. And it was a, it was a nice size wedding. It was a pretty large wedding, in fact. And so after the ceremony, I found myself chatting with a handful of people and we were mostly talking about the ceremony. And we talked a little bit about the newly married couple. And, you know, we were also exchanging just nice little pleasantries. And as I got to know some of these nice people, but there were two conversations that were particularly um, interesting to me. They kind of stood out. They caught my attention really. And the first one was from this nice lady. And she was telling me uh, how she had never heard a, a sermon on marriage like that before and how much she loved it. And and as much of a, of a nice compliment as I think she was trying to pay me, I I was kind of smiling, at least on the inside, I was probably smiling on the outside too, but because of her choice of word sermon, because I was there performing a wedding, but yet she received it as a sermon, which is okay. But the truth of the matter is my weddings, you know, they're different and they're different Because I spend as much time, if not more, talking about the marriage as I do the wedding. And I think that really connects with folks. And I think it connected with this lady in particular. You know, but it was the second conversation that I had with this other lady that really brought home a point for me, which I'm going to make uh, for you guys in a minute. And the second conversation was with an older lady and she came up to me and this lady, she was probably, she's probably in her early eighties, but she, she had it all together. She was sharp looking. She was healthy. She was uh, independent. She carried herself in just a, a a real gracious and confident way. And she, and we had good conversation too. So this lady came up to me and, and she reached out and she grabbed both of my hands And she kind of got up in my face 
politely. You know, she didn't have a a scowl on her face or something, but she kind of got up in my space and she said, she had, it had to go. She said, um, I've never in all my years, I've never in all my years of attending weddings or church services heard anyone teach on the topic of covenant marriage like you just did. So this lady, you know, she's, she's saying this to me and she's still got both of my hands in her hands, kind of like this death grip. And so I politely smile at her and I say, well, thank you. And inside I was thinking, I think, you know, I didn't know if she was done or where this was going, but I said, thank you. <laughs> but it was the next thing that she said that really left the, the bigger impression on me. And what she said was, young man, I always like it when old, old people call me young man. She said, old man, I mean, <laughs> young man, never stop teaching on covenant marriage. Never stop teaching on covenant marriage. And then she simply said, you know, we need more of that. More couples need to know the wonderful blessings that are derived from a covenant marriage. Wow. I mean, and she's, she's still holding my hands, by the way, when she's saying this. After that, she, she let go of my hands, and she smiled, and she walked off. And that was it. So for the next couple of days, I found myself reflecting on these two conversations with these two, two ladies. I really felt like this one lady, and they weren't together. They were just random people I was talking I was talking to. But I really felt like that first lady primed my mind and my heart and positioned the second lady for those comments that she made. And so, like I was saying, for the next couple of days, I'm I'm kind of reflecting on these off and on. So they're they're in my mind. And I kind of felt like I was supposed to do something with them, but I just wasn't really sure what. And so a couple of days later, I'm at the gym and I'm working out and I'm listening to a podcast. It wasn't my own, but I love listening to podcasts when I'm working out. In fact, let me tell you the one I was listening to because it's awesome. It's by this guy. His name is Kerry Oberbrunner and his podcast is called Igniting Souls podcast. Great show. In fact, in the show notes, when you go to yourblesslife.com, you know, I put little show notes for every show, kind of a synopsis and links that I talk about for each episode. I will, I will put a link to Carrie's podcast in the show notes. And Carrie's a sharp guy. Maybe one day we could get him on the on the podcast here at Your Blessed Life. But so anyway, Carrie was saying in this episode, he was saying, "You as a coach, you as a teacher and a speaker," he said, "What makes you different? What makes you stand out?" And what is it that makes your coaching, your speaking, and your teaching so valuable? So I listened to, to Carrie's uh, coaching insights. He's a, he's a Christian. He's also a business coach. And so I, I'm listening to his, his talk here or his, his push, his charge on asking coaches and teachers and speakers, what makes you different than anyone else? Why do you stand out? What is it that makes your coaching, your speaking, your teaching so valuable. And so as soon as Kerry asked that question, 
I flashed back to those two conversations I had with those two awesome ladies at the wedding I just told you about. And I immediately knew the answer to the question that Carrie was asking, at, at least as it was related to my marriage coaching, because that was what was on my mind in the back of my mind. I knew what made me different and I knew what made me stand out. I knew what made my coaching and my speaking and my teaching so valuable as it related to the topic of marriage. And that was this notion of covenant marriage. So I want to share with you guys a couple of key insights to this idea of covenant marriage. But before I do, I want us to look at what a covenant marriage is and what it's not, because that will really set the stage for the insights. So a covenant marriage, it calls for a God-centered relationship between a man and a woman where two hearts, two minds, two bodies become one unified and focused on releasing the ways of God into their marriage. So that's it in a nutshell. Now I want to, let me paraphrase that again because it, it's important to know. So that covenant marriage is when God is the center of a relationship between a husband and a wife that are unified together and their focus is on the ways of God for their marriage. So here's the, here's the key point. When we willingly submit ourselves unto God, we position ourselves and empower ourselves to submit to one another as husband and wife. So we have to position ourselves first unto God. And when we do that and we empower ourselves, we then empower ourselves to submit to each other as husband and wife. So what's interesting and, and maybe even a little ironic is when we do that, when we submit to God first and then our spouse, we're free. We're not trapped. We're not confined, but we're free. We're free to love each other and to experience each other and the joy and the fullness of a covenant marriage. So a covenant marriage really it transcends a typical marriage or a civil marriage. It transcends the civil formalities and it, it really paves the way for what the Bible talks about both. Well, in, in Genesis and in chapter two and in Malachi, it paves the way for, for companionship and for intimacy. And, and that's what leads us to true connection in our relationship. And so when I think about civil formalities, I'm reminded of how, of how important it is to position your marriage to be based on a covenant commitment with your spouse and not just a, a formal or a civil or even a contractual commitment, but a covenant commitment. And when you get married in a civil environment, you know, for the most part, you're looking to establish a marriage based on civil or legal parameters. And in fact, in this environment, it probably feels more like a, a business deal or a business transaction than a union of marriage. Because when you establish a marriage that's based on a contractual commitment, it's really, it's kind of a 50-50 thing. It's more about me and mine 
It's about what do I get? It is about identifying what parts we have. I'll do my part. You do your part. Again, 50-50. Let's make sure everything's even. But the challenge with this is it leads to keeping score. And when you keep score, what happens? Well, someone loses, right? But in a covenant marriage, we see something quite different than that. We see a model that really lines up with the ways of God, the way that God intended marriage to be. And that model, instead of being 50-50, you do your part, I'll do my part. It's 100%, 100%. She does her part, and he helps her along the way in any way he can. He does his part, and she comes along, and she helps him in any way that she can. It's a relationship that is anchored in love and grace with a focus on serving, a focus on giving, and a focus on trusting. So while a contractual marriage is based on conditions and leverage, a covenant marriage is really about love and loyalty. And if you look at those things, if you, if you line those two up in a column, you see they're, they're almost like opposites. Uh, contractual, you have conditions and leverage. And then a covenant marriage is love. And, and I maybe I could even say unconditional love because it's true, but love and loyalty. So a covenant marriage says this. It says, I'm in it for the long haul. I'm in it all the way when times are tough, when times are bad, when they're good, for better, for worse, right? All the days of my life. And this 100% model is based in that unconditional love that I was just referring to. And it's really about leading and leading with a servant's heart. Makes me think of some guy, this, this one guy. We're going to talk about this guy in a minute. So leading with a servant's heart, it's a 100% commitment to understanding and to meeting the needs of your spouse that leads to a marriage that's full of honor and respect. And, and I think we, we want that. I think sometimes we demand it and it doesn't come across all that great, but we, we crave it. When you have a hundred percent commitment to each other and to meeting your needs, you're going to have a marriage that's full of honor and respect. Okay. So let's get into a couple of these key insights, changing gears. So we kind of talked about what a covenant marriage is and what a covenant marriage is not, but let's get into some of these key insights of a covenant marriage. What, and here's what I mean. So first off, know that a covenant marriage is designed to bless you and not to harm you. I mean, that's key should probably go without saying, right? But it is key. It is the underlying truth of a covenant marriage. It's designed to bless you and not to harm you. So no one desires for your marriage to be blessed more than God himself. And in fact, it's the covenant marriage that gives you the foundation that you need to design the marriage of your dreams. I really think that one of the biggest points about creating a covenant marriage is the fact that God wants his absolute best for your marriage. And when, when you get this, then you can begin to take notice of all the benefits that come alongside 
of having or of incorporating a covenant marriage in your relationship. And the best part about it is you as a husband or as a wife, you don't have to figure it out by yourself. And this is, this is huge because it's bigger than you. And this does a couple of things. First off, it really takes the burden off. Not that you're going to do anything, but it takes the burden off because God wants to have a part in your marriage. If you'll let him. So I guess that begs the question, will you let him? You know, I think that one of the most important reasons behind establishing a covenant marriage is this, that it creates a new standard in our relationship between us as husband and wife, which is kind of interesting because I, when I, when I hear myself say that, I think, okay, so what is the standard? Do I have a standard? Do you have a standard? And that's where this covenant marriage comes in. It sets the standard and it actually prompts us to say, you know what? We need a standard. We need to establish a standard. So we're just not flying by the seat of our pants and anything goes. We have a standard and it's even higher than our ways. It's better than our ways. And it releases the blessing of God into our marriage because of the standard. So the reason that we want to have this new standard in our relationship is because, well, it models this guy I was talking about a while ago. It models the relationship that we have with Christ. It's the relationship between Christ and his believers. It models that. And, and this, this is going to uh, really, I think, create some interesting conversation here. So there are these two amazing parallels that are found with our marriage on one side and our faith on the other. And they're lined up next to each other, and they go down a track that is parallel and and this is what i mean so the first one it has to do with how we how we're seen in in the eyes of god as followers of christ so christ is you know he's this perfect example of god's love for us you know, god loved us so much that he he gave his son to die for us to save us and to graft us in to the family to his family to God's family as sons and daughters, and so that we can become a joint heir in the kingdom of God and spend an eternity in heaven with him. Super awesome. When it comes to identifying Christ and the followers of Christ, there is this wonderful role that Christ plays, and it's this, the role of the bridegroom, or simply said, the groom. The, the Bible uses that term bridegroom, but they refer to Christ as the, as the groom. Scripture does. And a scripture, there's a couple of, there's a bunch of them, but in, in John, in chapter 3 and verse 39, we see this reference. We see the reference to Christ, the groom, and to the believers, which are the body of Christ, as the bride. And Ephesians, in Ephesians, Paul talks a lot about this. In chapter 5, in verses 22 through 33, that whole section, it's really this comparison of the union of a husband and wife 
to that of Christ and the church. So that's, that's kind of that parallel I was talking about. And I find it to be such a blessing to the union of marriage that God used the bride and groom relationship to signify and to characterize the relationship of Christ and his followers. So when we, when we, when we get that, it really helps us to understand how special, how significant God must think about the union of marriage between a man and woman. And, you know, I don't think, I don't think that's by coincidence. I believe that it's an intentional model for brides and for grooms, for husbands and wives to line up their relationship in a way that establishes and lives out a covenant marriage, establish it and live it out. Okay. So the second amazing parallel that has to do with uh, our faith and our marriage has to do with this. So we already know that as Christian believers, our faith is the foundation of our belief in Christ, right? Here's the marriage parallel. As husbands and wives, our love is the foundation of our commitment to each other in the union of marriage. Our love is the foundation of our commitment to each other in marriage. And and this is so interesting And I'm going to break it down here because I think this, I really think this can transform the way that you look at your marriage. Before I break it down, though, I want to take just a a minute before I keep going and I forget to take a pause. And I just want to check in with you and and see how you guys are doing. I want to take a moment and ask you if you're enjoying the show so far. And I hope that this episode is connecting with you and if you're enjoying it. And if you are, I'd like to invite you to, to subscribe to the show. It's easy to do. It's something you can do now, even while you're listening to this episode. There's a purple button somewhere. <laughs> if you're on your phone or you know in iTunes, it's a purple subscribe button that's there uh, next to the artwork of Your Blessed Life. And if you're on the yourblesslife.com page and you're listening to the this episode there, when you click on this episode, episode number 22, Toward the right-hand side of the screen, you'll see a purple square, and it says subscribe. So when you do that, you'll be set up ready to receive that next episode. So thank you for doing that, and I want to invite you to do so. Okay, so so we're talking about this second amazing parallel, and that it has to do with our the way it symbolizes our faith and our marriage, the way it lines up with it. So as Christian believers, we know that our faith is this foundation of, of our belief in Christ. And as husbands and wives, our love is the foundation of our commitment to each other in the union of marriage. Okay? Our love is the foundation of our commitment to each other in the union of marriage. So your faith is that jumping off point, right? It allows you to grow and to move into the fullness of your relationship in Christ. It's the starting point or the jumping off point. Well, your love is very similar to that because your love for your spouse is that jumping off point for you to grow and to move into the fullness of your marriage relationship with your husband and your wife. So you see that parallel there of of faith and love? Your faith is the key to your relationship in Christ, while your love is the key for your relationship with your spouse. 
here's where it gets interesting. I mean, I mean, I already think that's pretty interesting, but here's where, where the cheese becomes more binding. <laughs> what you do with these two things depends on the fullness of your relational experience, both with Christ and with your spouse. Are you following me on this? I mean, this is pretty amazing. What you do with them will depend on the fullness of your relational experience. And this is true both in Christ and with your spouse. So when, when I look at James in chapter 2, verse, uh, verses 14 through 26, James is laying out for us what faith really looks like. And he didn't hold any punches. He comes out swinging. Because at the heart of these verses, James is saying, faith without works is dead. I mean, he's just calling it like it is. Faith without works is dead. So if when I look at that, if I could paraphrase what James is, is telling us, at least this is the way I'm, I'm receiving it. This is the way I'm hearing it. He's saying, if you're not growing in your faith, if you're not expanding it, if you're not increasing it, if you're not celebrating it, then you're slipping back. You're shrinking back. Your faith is dying. And it may be ever so slowly, but still, you are on a path that's going to lead to spiritual death. So let me ask you a question. So if faith without works is dead, is love without action dead? So if you stood at the altar of your wedding day and you're there with your bride or with your groom and you said, I love you, but you never did anything to move that love forward, do you think that your love would survive? You think your marriage would survive? Do you think that your love for your spouse needs action to support it, to become all that God has called it to be? I don't know. I mean, I do know, but if you're not putting action behind your love, I mean, just like we were talking about with our faith while ago, right? If you're not expanding it, if you're not increasing it, if you're not celebrating it, well, then your love is slipping back. It's shrinking back. Your love is dying. Again, ever so slowly, maybe, but... You are on a path that is leading to a dying marriage. But here's, the, here's, here's some good news. We have a recipe for a thriving marriage. In the same way that we have a recipe for a thriving faith, we do. We have that recipe on how to grow it, how to nurture it, how to own it, how to celebrate it. And watch, we can watch what started out as just this little mustard seed of love in our, in our marriage. And we can watch it explode into a harvest of lasting and fulfilling love. Where you have so much love in your marriage relationship that it's running over. That it's running over with love. And here's the cool part. It blesses those that you come in contact with. This love doesn't just stop with you. It starts with God and it works through you. It blesses you along the way, but it's moving through you. You can become a lighthouse for all of God's glorious blessings in your marriage. 
when you commit to establishing a covenant marriage. You know, this idea of a covenant marriage, I'm telling you, is a game changer. It will take a mediocre marriage and it'll convert it into a thriving marriage. It'll make a failing marriage or a broken marriage transformed. And it'll transform it really into a witness as well as a masterpiece of love. Because you know, when God's doing a mighty work like that, you know he wants it to be a witness. Amen? Man, that's powerful. Powerful stuff. Praise God for that wonderful insight in John and in Ephesians. Listen, our time is just about up here as I'm looking at the clock for today's episode. I want to encourage you to embrace this idea of a covenant marriage and to not only embrace it, but to act upon it. And I know it will bless you all the days of your married life. And so here's a, here's a thought for you before we wrap up. I want to extend this personal invitation to you. If you want to dive deeper on this topic, this notion of covenant marriage and how to create a truly blessed marriage, I want to offer you a free mini coaching session. I, I want to chat with you about it one-on-one, free, maybe 15, 20 minutes, just me and you or me and you and your spouse. Uh, you can go to the website, yourblessedlife.com slash contact, yourblessedlife.com slash contact. Just leave me your name, your email, and just say, hey, Jay, I'd like more information on that free mini coaching session. And we'll chat. So that's yourblessedlife.com slash contact. So that's it. I'm not out of info. I'm just out of time. But I am grateful for our time together today. It's always, I mean, it blesses me to get to do this. It's an honor to get to do this, to be your host, to be your guide, to be your coach as we move down the path of your blessed life. So Blessed Nation, if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to leave us a review. In fact, if you would leave us a review, let me know your name. Put your name in that review so I can come back next week and thank you personally. So thank you so much for your support for the show. Your review means a lot to me. So God bless you. Thank you. Bless Nation, if you're listening on iTunes, you can go to that iTunes store, click on the icon, the search icon, and then you type in your blessed life and you'll see the cover art. So you have to go to the iTunes store to leave your review. You can't go to your my podcasts. You have to type it in. I know it's a second step. When you type it in in the search bar, then you'll see the cover art. Click on that. Then you'll see that ratings and review tab. You click on that, write your review, tap the number of stars that you want to rate the show, and you're done. So, Blessed Nation, thank you so much for tuning in to the show today. I look forward to sharing the next episode with you. If you haven't subscribed to the show already, I want to encourage you to do that so you can take part in that next episode and be ready for it as soon as it comes out. So until next time, you know, I say this, and I mean this wholeheartedly, that God loves you and He wants to bless you. But I think it's appropriate that I say say it like this instead. God loves you, and He wants to bless your marriage. <laughs>